as far as stuff goes, like shooting an arrow through a flaming hoop or shooting a flaming arrow into a torch is not the weirdest thing a country could do. It just means that you better hope your royal family has the time to learn archery successfully. Because if that goes wrong, yeah. it's going wrong. Oh, if that goes wrong. I wonder if they wrong. have like, if the Genovia event organizers have like a button that just lights up the torch somewhere in the back. Yes. So as long as they're close enough. <laughs> They can make it seem like they it's just, been lit. Yeah. Which probably is on set exactly what happens. The fixers of Genovia are really on oh, it. Oh, yeah. Hello and welcome to Movie Struck, a podcast about movies and the people who watch them. I'm your host, Sophia Ricciardi, and I am joined by my former roommate, video editor, and returning guest, Tess. Tess, welcome to the show. Hello, thank you for having me. <laughs> thank you for doing this live, and in, I guess not live, but in person. It is it's in person, yeah. <laughs> we also have special bonus guest, Ziggy, who's been lurking in the room for the past ten minutes. And just plopped on the floor. <laughs> Adorable. Well, Tess, you know how this goes, so I guess I'm just going to kick it right off. Uh, ask you the question I ask at the top of every episode. Why did we watch The Princess Diaries 2 Royal I think, Engagement? I think you know why. Because <laughs> um, this movie rocks, yes. This movie rocks. <laughs> this is a movie we have both have a deep, long love for. Mm-hmm. Um, we've watched it together at least once. Twice. Twice now. <laughs> we watched it today. We did watch it today. Um, and it's, it's a movie that is uh, close to our hearts. Mm-hmm. Um, Mostly because it is the moment all of, we both fell in love with Chris Pine. Um, <laughs> Who didn't? Yeah. How could you not? I was I hadn't seen this movie since we watched it last, like a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. um, at my parents' place, and I was just looking the the first shot of him with the eyes, him looking up. <laughs> Those I'm bright, like bright baby blues. <laughs> my something in my heart just went. <gasps> oh, so good, so good. Oh, it's just oh, how could you not? Absolutely fantastic. Well, without further ado, let's get to those eyes. Uh, Jumping into the (laughs) plot here, we're at a graduation ceremony for School of Public and International Affairs, and as hats are thrown, so too is a crown, and we get the title, Princess Diaries. Princess Mia is celebrating her graduation with friends before being shuffled up by her head of security, Joe. Dear, dear Joe from the previous film. Um, on a private jet, the princess writes in her diary, because remember the title of this movie is The Princess Diaries. <laughs> There's gotta be at least a diary in one place. <laughs> gotta use gotta have a diary. Of a device. Yes. Um, and she sort of recaps the previous film in one sentence where she learned that she was a princess and then became the princess of the country, Genovia. Yes. Location, meh? <laughs> Literally no reason I've seen the first movie to watch this one. No. No reason at all. I think you can kind of get thrown into the gist of it. Like, yeah. Um, there's not too much of the plot hinging on the fact that she learned she was a princess last time. She's now yeah. just fully a princess. She's not princess even dating things. the guy that she got together with in the no. last movie. No. In this little recap, she kind of like brings us up to speed where all the prominent characters from the fat last movie were. Like her mom married her former teacher. Her best friend Lily is a proud college grad student at Berkeley and her uh, ex who was the love interest of the last <laughs> film is now touring with his band. And they're like, she's like, we're just friends. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on. Um, we get to a shot that made me, it was the most spy kids this movie ever got. It's just like a fully CGI airport that they land in. in oh my god, Genovia. yeah. I, like, it, it took me a second, of, it stays on screen for a while and it took me a second watching it to be like, oh wow, that's that's not real. Fully not real. Yeah. At all. Mm-mm. Um, Mia's returning to her uh, country of new origin, na- narrating that she's going to be taking over for her grandmother, the queen, soon, and waves hello to all of her loyal subjects. Uh, she also has with her her pet cat, uh, the royal pussycat, as an announcer, a, a crier so nicely declares when it jumps out of the car, uh, Sir yeah. Fat Louis. <laughs> He's not even fat. No. He's not Ziggy fat. <laughs> Ziggy is exactly how she should be. Thank you very much. Look at her on the ground right now. <laughs> she's, she's just for the listeners. Uh, Ziggy is on her back, paws up, uh, by her chest, eyes closed. Um, she fully just sleeps like that sometimes, and it's very funny. <laughs> uh, Mia is lamenting the plot of the movie for us, so she's very upset that she's never been in love. But you know, it's her twenty-first birthday today. She's gonna have a party. She's going to have to dance with all the eligible bachelors of Genovia, so maybe tonight's the night. Maybe she'll finally meet the one. What a wild concept. Falling in love at 21. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
the queen, who is Julie Andrews. I feel like we can't gloss over this. It's incredible. Perfect casting. Oh, love her. Uh, she arrives to the party and declares that uh, queen is never late. Everyone else is simply early. Uh, my preferred variant of like a wizard is never late. He arrives precisely when he means to from Lord of the Rings. Like this is the variant <laughs> of it that I adhere to. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. not wrong. You all are. Yeah. And uh, as her fanfare announces her presence, the party begins. The queen proposes a toast to her granddaughter's 21st. And as Mia is announced, she does her dramatic entrance in the first of many stunning ensembles from this movie. (laughs) uh, Giving big holiday Barbie energy. Yeah, fully red gown, white gloves. Like, it's not even Christmas. (laughs) It's just not Christmas. It's her 21st birthday. (laughs) Nothing could be more festive. (laughs) She waves to the crowd, and as she does so, her bracelet falls off, and her attendant, easily and with little uh, fanfare, catches it and hands it back to her. This is no problem. It happens all the time. One of her, like, strongest character traits is that Mia is extremely clumsy, and so anytime they have the opportunity to have her trip or drop something yeah. or almost knock something over, she's gonna she's gonna do that. And what's funny is that, we'll get to it, but there are some stunts in the movie that I'm not 100% sure we're staged. <laughs> like, some of them look like they actually Anne Hathaway just it straight up. I feel like they told her, like, hey, your character's really clumsy, and so if you want to eat up the scenery a little bit yeah. and just, like, trip sometimes, yeah. go for it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> just, but sometimes it feels like it was an accident that happened that they just caught on camera. Yeah. <laughs> so that's probably either a credit to them on purpose or accidentally. I'm not sure. But mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's very funny. Uh, she begins dancing with all the various suitors as some of the courtly aunties gossip about her and whatnot. Uh, all of the suitors are ill-suited for her in some way. They're either too stiff, too loose, they don't speak any English, etc., etc. Uh, also, raven Simone is here. She was a princess in the last movie, and she still is. And I honestly at- forgot she was in the last movie. I thought she just showed <laughs> up knows. in this movie. Yeah, no, she's prominent throughout both. Um, they walk and chat a bit, and as they do, Mia steps on the foot of Chris Pine, and they exchange uh, pleasantries in a flirtatious manner, as I noted, before she goes back to dancing with the suitors, one of whom is doing splits. <laughs> forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. Eventually, Chris Pine steps in and takes the next dance, and as they dance and chat, the chemistry is obvious. He introduces himself as Nicholas, just Nicholas, and the dance seems to be going quite well until the young 12-year-old Prince Jacques uh, cuts in to get his chance to dance with the princess. I did look this up. This is Spencer Breslin. So there are two Breslins in this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Just (laughs) between that and Raven Simone, just kind of really driving home the fact that this this is is more or less a Disney Channel original movie. movie, So the cast is pretty much anyone who was (laughs) on Disney Channel or on the lot when they were filming these scenes in this movie. Yeah, it was Um, very funny. Mia is pulled away to meet someone when a waiter knocks her crown off and it is caught by a guy who I wrote down as clearly the villain. Uh, (laughs) It's... Uh, it was like the Viscount something or other. Something. Yeah, some I just called him the villain the whole time. I think yeah. we were just going with that. Just um, the villain. He's just the guy. He warns her to hold on to it lest someone take it. And then as she turns and walks away, <laughs> mutters to himself, unless it was me. Which like, just oh, like, did right. not need to be said. <laughs> the villain? <laughs> v- big grand vizier energy. Yeah. <laughs> The next day, Mia is enjoying some breakfast when her two maids come in and they debate the finer points of curtsy as she tries to get them to not be so formal around her and they seem pretty resistant to this. These two women are incredibly charming and I'm so glad they're in this movie. They're (laughs) kind of the best part of it. Like, they're low-key the best part of it. They will provide uh, support for Mia, both in cleaning her room and also, like, covering her when she's doing some stunts and, like, helping provide moral guidance and support and rooting for her. But also, they're just, like, a very great comedic duo. And, again, I feel bad that I don't know these women's names off the top my head because they are truly a fantastic part of this film yeah i don't remember their names i just remember that they were basically the same with one letter off yeah um mia is meeting with her grandmother in the throne room in an hour as the queen is currently in parliament listening to some discussions and whatnot mia is sneaking around and finds a secret chamber that connects directly to the parliament room so she's able to overhear everything they're saying and also she's wearing an incredibly 2000s poncho while doing so <laughs> the fashion in this movie is all different it's journeys. like luke skywalker meets barbie you know yeah it's uh yeah it's something my mom wears around the house not something anyone in their mind would wear in public these days <laughs> it's fitting of a princess in the early 2000s oh uh, yes very very that yes uh, in Parliament, the clearly the villain is bringing up that the age of 21 is when royals are typically eligible to assume the crown in Genovia, and he reveals... That's insane. 
That's actually insane. You're still a child. <laughs> I mean, you can vote in the U.S. at 21. I... You can vote at 18. Should you assume the crown at 21? No. no. Should you be eligible? I guess. You've just, you've just in the U.S., you've just gotten, been able to drink legally and go to bars, you know, if, you know legally. Assuming the cra- running a country at 21 seems actually crazy. I can't imagine doing it. No. I just don't know what age I would make it, you know? Yeah, like, true. Because a lot of modern, modern monarchies, either you have to abdicate or the previous ruler has to die for you to get the crown. And Very that true. tends to make the age starting earlier. But her grandmother's just like, oh, I don't want to be doing this anymore and retiring. So <laughs> it does feel a little bit like, well, you have an heir who's 21, so now it's time to yeah. give it up. I mean, at least she has a college degree. <laughs> she did get her college degree. <laughs> Uh, it's also notably not Mia that the civilian is talking about when discussing the royals t- turning 21 and taking the throne. He announces that his nephew is also eligible to assume the throne. And the queen tells him to shut up, and it's incredible. Good. It's a callback from the last movie. Yes. Mia isn't technically the first in line for the throne until she gets married, and... Uh, as the queen points out, Genovia has never enforced that particular rule that women have to be married to assume the throne, but a bunch of boring old stooges are like, well, we gotta obey the letter of the law, and the head of parliament comes to a compromise, give Mia 30 days to get married, or else the nephew will assume the throne. By the way, I remember, like, the someone was first like, we'll get for a year, and then how did it get down to 30 days? They just kept going down for some reason. I don't know why. Like, a year feels reasonable to me. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I mean, like, more than 30 days. You yeah, know, like, well, 30 days is like, you pick someone day one, and then you're married by day 29. Which is literally what happens Which is what happens movie. in the movie. <laughs> but a year is like, oh, you could, like, kind of date a little yeah, bit. Yeah, like, you, you could date could, You could go on a couple first yeah. dates with people just to see if there's any chemistry. You know, right. you don't have to get locked in right away. That's This is true. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, I guess <laughs> reasonable is the better word for it, sure. <laughs> reasonable, not <laughs> ideal. <laughs> But yeah. Yeah. Um, and Mia overhears this whole thing from her little secret room that never comes up again. Mia is extremely unhappy about this whole situation. It likely means that she will have to get an arranged marriage in order to make this work. Uh, but her grandmother, who herself was in an arranged marriage, uh, looks fondly on her former relationship and is like, well, I was very fond of him and it worked out for the best. Uh, it's what I had to do for my country at the time. Mia thinks on it, staring at the portrait of her dead father, which is the reason that she's princess in the first place, and after consulting his image, resolves to get married if that's what it takes in order to rule Genovia. Meanwhile, our villain is talking to (gasps) Chris Pine, who also (laughs) wants to be king, apparently. (laughs) He's the nephew. uh, And the evil guy is like, do you know why you're named Nicholas? And shows off some, like, Machiavellian (laughs) tricks, because this this uncle his oh! big thing is machiavelli he's like i we're all about machiavelli in this family he's named after machiavelli he has a, he's a line later on where he's like oh i know who i'm named after it's my great like grandpa nicholas right. and the uncle's like no 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 no, no. machiavelli I'm like, <laughs> i think maybe chris pine was right i think maybe it's the great grandfather sure it could be both who knows <laughs> But I think it's, I thought it was very funny. Yeah. Um, imagine naming someone after Machiavelli. It's a very, like, classic Disney villain level of evil that he's putting on yes. here. It's like, oh, very this is so. giving, like, Grand Vizier. Oh, yeah. You know, I am scheming behind the scenes, yes. playing everyone. Um, I can't believe, this is so random. Um, uh, the Barbie Princess and the Popper movie Martin Short plays the villain, and it is very that energy. <laughs> I don't know if you ever, do you ever see de- it. I've a hundred percent. I have it on DVD. <laughs> he has his little song when they're in the mine. Yes, water. It's so good. It's so good. Um, meanwhile, uh, Joe complains to the Queen and his about his intern, <laughs> who is just sort of this like teen that lurks around doing security things and taking his job incredibly seriously. He does have frosted tips later on in the movie. He definitely didn't have them in the yeah, scene or I, I would have like, noted it. Right. We would have definitely noticed. I feel like this was a decision the actor made like yeah. halfway through shooting. Like I didn't know I had any scenes left, but I got frosted <laughs> tips put into my Is that okay? And no one cared. Yeah. Like you're not um you're not making top billing here, intern. No. Uh the queen addresses the intern, and he seems rather intense about the whole security detail, uh, which she handles with relative grace. Mia, in a great pink suit, complains to her grandmother about the guy trying to steal her throne being invited to stay with them, but the queen's kind of got a keep-your-enemies-close sort of philosophy, so I get where she's coming from on this one. 
The uncle and nephew team arrive as Mia and her grandmother resolve to be the pictures of grace and poise itself. And finally, our quad meet and Mia is shocked visibly to see Nicholas is the nephew in question. (laughs) Mia hesitates for a moment to gather herself before uh, walking over to smile at him and try and say hello and then stomping as hard as she can on his foot. To which he responds, she always does that. (laughs) Uh... The queen goes to find Mia after this whole encounter, eating ice cream in the kitchen, and Mia reveals that she's met Lord Nicholas before, and in fact, flirted with him a little bit. The queen then takes her to cheer her up uh, in her very own suite, which is extremely fancy and regal. Oh my god, this was the ultimate, like, teenage, early 2000s fantasy. We were all living through <laughs> Anne Hathaway. Like, the walk-in closet that is the size of a New York City apartment and just, yeah. like, you hit a button and there are just, like, rows and rows of clothes that open up. <laughs> oh, my God. To a, to a very pop, to a very early 2000s pop song. It's, it's everything. Yes, very funky music. Even the cat gets a little, like, castle in this room. Like, the cat tree oh, that it gets so shaped like a castle. Uh, and there's one final surprise. In addition to the royal jewels and sunglasses and clothes, uh, inside of the closet is her best friend Lily, who's been <laughs> hiding there this whole time. <laughs> How long do you think she was in the closet for before her grandmother brought Mia to this room? I I mean, I I'm trying to go back because it's been like what a day. I'm trying. <laughs> do they do? I it's very the the flow of time is very confusing. Even though there is a 30 day deadline, I'm always very confused about what day it is at any point in time. I in think this it's movie. like the day after or the day like okay day or two after. It's I'd pretty say close a few in hours. time. Yeah, a few hours. But also, did she just like quit grad school? No, she graduated. That was the opening scene of the movie. Oh, and this is Summer? This is Lily. Yeah, no, I know, but didn't wasn't she going to grad school? Yeah, but, like, there's semesters. I'm sure this is just Summer oh, yeah. or something. Oh, yeah, I guess so. Oh, yeah, because I'm internship. Okay, that makes sense. All right. I'm... <laughs> I've been oriented. <laughs> uh, but Lily is here, and she's going to help her friend find an arranged marriage for her, and the only way to do it is probably my favorite uh, innovation this movie presented... Uh, basically yield Tinder by projecting up eligible bachelors oh onto a movie projector popcorn and then everything. eating popcorn and flipping through a, like, slide reel of them. So good. Um, <laughs> too old, too fat. Too Prince God. William. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, Prince William. The actual Prince William of England Literally. back in the day. Before Harry was the new hotness, yeah. you know? Oh, my God. Um, none of the matches that they see seem like much of a fit, especially according to the Queen, uh, who's like, it has to be, like, the exact right person, like, dignified, but also approachable, yada, yada, yada. Mm. And Mia's like, oh, like him, and points to a pilot on display on the screen currently. It's an English noble who they decide to send her off on a date with, and they go on a coastal date with the Andrew, the Royal Air Force pilot, uh, walking along the beach as news media watches on and their families as well. Seems like they get along relatively okay, you know? Her scarf flies off, they both go to catch it, they're laughing in the sand, all's well. There's no immediate red flags, at the very least. And this is within the first, like, eh, 30 minutes of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, They continue to court and all seems to be going well, despite Mia's clumsiness being a present factor. And uh, (laughs) It's the only factor. As they date, Nicholas does spy on them a little bit. Andrew and Mia sit down to talk as the media is just, like, chomping at the bit right at the gate. And he gives her a ring. It's his great-grandmother's engagement ring in the hopes that it'll be lucky for them and their engagement. The uh, proposal official, they go wave before the crowds of Genovia. This is, by the way, after she's been there a week. Yeah. Moves fast. <laughs> she has 30 days to get married. Do you know how long it takes to plan a wedding? But I, but I do love that he was, like, getting it. He is with the program. He is yeah. like, all right, I gotta just, we gotta just do it. We gotta get this, get the show on the road. <laughs> we'll see later on that he seems pretty, like, aware of the social yes. ramifications of their titled roles and what their expect- expectations of them are. He's very honorable, yeah. as it were. No, he's, like, he's, like, not a bad person at all. No, I don't like, make him like a cat. that this movie did that where they're, like, yeah. Oh, it's, you know, you're not necessarily rooting for Andrew, but you're not rooting against him either. Yeah. He's just sort of the other unfortunate victim of yeah. this uh, antiquated rule. He's the, they got no chemistry, and but they're stuck in the situation together. Yeah, he's not a bad dude, it's just yeah. circumstances. Sucks. Um, Nicholas is complaining to his uncle that Mia is engaged, so he tells Nick to romance her in order to show her what a real relationship could be like, and thus cause her to change priorities and lose interest in uh, marrying for the crown. 
Nick asks his uncle if this is what his dad really would have wanted, and his uncle insists it is, and it is incredibly clear that his uncle is manipulating him based on his dead father. (laughs) (laughs) Dead dads. A real big inciting incident Mm. in the Princess Diaries series. They all got him. One of her aides tells Mia that her fiancé has landed in London safely, and as she sits and stares at her ring, Nick walks up and asks her her thoughts, which Mia tries to play off. He's like, oh, you haven't second thoughts about that? Very directly. (laughs) They spat back and forth, the chemistry incredibly clear, eventually hiding from her very persistent maids in a broom (laughs) closet, which is inevitably opened by another uh, servant in the castle while they are close together. Yeah, I was like, the minute they go in there, you're like, ah, yeah, come like, on. Uh, he, why are you pulling him into a broom closet? But he's also incredibly aware of it, because when they get pulled in, yes. she keeps turning the lights on, he keeps turning, turning the lights off, off and I'm yeah. like, mm, someone knows what looks incriminating and mm-hmm. what doesn't. <laughs> Meanwhile, the queen and Joe are walking and talking, and the queen expresses her concern for Mia when Joe cuts in to ask the queen if in a month, when she's no longer queen, and he's no longer her head of security, if their friendship, quote-unquote, could leave the shadows... <laughs> And he asks her to think of her duty to herself. Aw, they're in love. This is the real love story, by the way. This is the real love romantic (laughs) subplot of this movie. Like, yes, Chris Pine and Anne Hathaway might be. But Anne Hathaway is really just a surrogate for us to be in love with Chris Pine. But have you seen (laughs) the Queen and Joe? (laughs) Oh, they're so cute. It seems like this is going to be kind of a a back and forth because she is incredibly dutiful. Uh, and as much as they love each other, you know, will she put aside her duty for herself? I don't know. Time will tell. <laughs> we get a little insert shot of a guy brushing a lion statue's teeth. Oh my and God. I didn't want to include all of the inserts in the summary. Because but this summary. one was very but funny. But this one's so good because he just takes a toothbrush to it and then And uh, then takes flosses. out some floss. <laughs> flosses the stone teeth. <laughs> it's so good. Mia, meanwhile, is practicing queen stuff like lighting a ceremonial arrow with a... A ceremonial torch with a flaming arrow while Smash Mouth plays in the background. <laughs> it's uh, not an early 2000 movie without some nope. Smash Mouth on the soundtrack. She's not very good at it, and it hits a lot of things that aren't the target, including uh, some statues behind Nicholas, miscellaneous Coke cans, topiaries, etc. Yeah, et definitely hand the girl known for her clumsiest a bow and arrow. That's yep. a great idea. Which, by the way, the stupidest... Like, why does being queen mean that you have to throw you know shoot a flaming arrow through a thing i have some weird traditions in the world i guess that's as far as stuff goes like shooting an arrow through a flaming hoop or shooting a flaming arrow into a torch is not the weirdest thing a country could do it just means that you better hope your royal family has the time to learn archery successfully because if that goes wrong it's going wrong oh if that goes wrong i wonder if they have like if the genovia event organizers have like a button that just lights up the torch somewhere in the back yes. so as long as they're close enough <laughs> they can make it seem like it's just, been lit yeah. which probably is on set exactly what happens the fixers of genovia are really on oh, it. oh yeah uh me also meets her grandmother to learn the art of using a fan which is an excellent little sequence of julie andrews and anne hathaway making little faces <laughs> and using a fan and it makes me want to emote exclusively using fans from now on yeah it's very cute the queen holds court listening to the woes of her people and offering what help she can all of them are presenting, like, fruit and vegetable and stuff in exchange for her aid. Um, one comes up and off- asks for help. The queen and Mia give it and then hands Mia a basket which contains a live chicken that immediately gets out and Mia runs around trying to catch. Not very princess-like of her, but is uh, pretty showing of why she's so beloved amongst her people. <laughs> I just, throughout this movie, I just love Julie Andrews's little princesses don't run after chickens. <laughs> Princes, we don't, uh, queens don't, what was it, the line at the end? Uh, shit. Queens don't rush. They, uh. They hasten. They hasten, yes. Yes. Queens don't rush. Julianne really has both the vocal performance and the, like, gravitas to carry such a performance in a way that very few other actresses could. It's just, it's just so good. Like, she knows exactly what movie she's in, and I love it. And I love it. Oh, yeah. Uh, Mia, continuing to write in her diary, uh, writes about how she's worried about having to uh, receive the royal guard tomorrow, another ceremonial thing, and how in doing so she has to ride side saddle. The queen then reveals a little secret to Mia about all the previous queens and whatnot, and how no one really likes riding side saddle, so they have a fake wooden leg that they dress up so that you can just pretend, (laughs) which is pretty clever. And then in the next shot, the wooden leg looks so fake. It's so obvious. (laughs) It is pretty obvious to us, the audience. Uh, 
I think it's a clever little thing to have in there. It's like, oh, don't worry. Like, you are doing okay. But at the same time, it is very funny that the leg is... It was so obviously So fake. clearly a wooden leg. Hilarious. Um, I think it was even, like, the same foot. Yeah. <laughs> Some maybe issues with it, but ultimately, all's well. Yeah. The evil uncle, of course, is also here, and he knows that Mia's horse is scared of snakes, especially, so he gives some guy who's going to be walking next to the horse a fake snake to hold to use to spook Mia's horse. Mia is doing her review of the guard, and as she does so, the guy reveals the rubber snake to the horse, who begins to buck, uh, but when Joe goes to help her, he accidentally pulls off the wooden leg (laughs) instead of Mia, and it reveals to all that she was using the wooden leg the whole time. And Mia, embarrassed, rides off to choruses of ridicule and mopes in the barn, where Nick finds her. Mm. He's always there. Mm -hmm. Mia asks him to leave as the head of security arrives to announce the queen's presence. She walks out, and the head of security asks Nick if he's going to be disappointed in him before turning to address his uncle. Joe tries to intimidate the uncle, and with his diplomatic immunity in 46 (laughs) countries, it doesn't matter if the fear in the uncle's eyes is... Uh, <laughs> real or vocabularic, he's feeling it. 46 countries, including Puerto Rico, including. which really dates this movie. <laughs> um, the queen addresses Nick later on, asking him why he's against Mia being queen, and he says that his uncle feels the princess doesn't know Genovia as she didn't grow up here, and he grew up here his whole life. But I like the wording of this very specifically because it does make it extremely clear that, like, it's not that Nick himself has any problem with Mia specifically. Mm-hmm. It is very much the uncle's manipulations of yes. Nick wanting to take the throne, which I think sets up how much the conflict of this movie resolves pretty yeah. smoothly He's, later like, on. never really wanted it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, 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 <laughs> very smoothly. I mean, he's, like, never really wanted it. It's garden party time. Oh, yes. The scene. the scene literally literally the second that this this the shot came out of the garden party you were like oh my god it's it's about it's to happening. happen uh, i was I'll, I'll talk about i'll tell i have a little story for when we get to the exact moment in question oh boy. but uh <laughs> ziggy you like the garden party ziggy's in a aggressive mood right now zoomy mood mm. we'll wait please hold <laughs> just currently tearing up a cardboard box Okay. <laughs> Mia is doing a really great job remembering everyone and mingling when Nick arrives, date on his arm. <laughs> the, as, as I call her, the blonde slag. Blonde Who, by the way, slag. I think just ends up with Andrew. With what's yes, his face? it's very yeah, yeah. briefly implied at the end that her and Andrew get together. And yes. like, it, They're it, seen together in like one of the final one scenes. One shot in the yeah. final scene. Um, Mia calls for Andrew, and he and his camera flirt their way over to Nick and his date lady, Alicia. Um, Mia and Nick brag slash argue about their (laughs) dates to each other, and their dates very quickly are like, we don't need to be here, and head off together to get a drink. Uh, (laughs) Alicia has a road scholarship. Andrew has his pilot's license. That's PhD. Yeah, all that bullshit. Yeah. Um... Mia and Nick bicker their way through the garden's hedge maze, Mia insisting that she actually totally gets along with her fiancé and, like, gets butt out, dude. Um, eventually, they end up in front of a fountain, declaring that they loathe each other before kissing, and there's the first bit of chemistry that we have seen since the Queen and Joe were yes. on screen. What was very funny, I, I mentioned this when we were watching it, but the first shot when Chris Pine pulls Anne Hathaway in for the kiss, she completely misses his <laughs> mouth and instead it's like next to his nose. Stage but then they kiss. immediately cut to like a wider shot, yeah. which was, I just thought it was very funny. Um, she has a little leg lift here, which is pretty iconic. This is where my story comes in because, um, oh boy. when I was in our mutual friend Blue's wedding, Uh, what I learned is that when you're a bridesmaid, there's a lot going on in the morning. And when you're a groomsman, which is what I was, uh, you show up, you're already dressed, and then you just hang out for a few hours before going anywhere. (laughs) So we were sitting around, and somehow the conversation turned to the Princess Diaries 2 royal engagement fountain scene, which is this scene in question right here. And I was like, oh my god, you guys don't understand. The leg lift is so cool. It's like, this is like a quintessential moment of cinema for me. And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, "Well, well, we have time. Let's just watch it. So we watched... Because you have, like, hours to spare. Yeah, so we watched, you know, like, the five minutes of The Princess Diaries <laughs> around this scene. And for the rest of the wedding, we were doing the leg lift as, like, a little wave to each other of sorts. As just, like, the signal within all the groomsmates was like, oh, do The Princess Diaries 2 royal engagement leg lift. Um, and it got so big that by the time we were getting to the reception and we had to do entrances that none of us had prepared for, uh, <laughs> 
we all were like, oh, you know what we'll do? We'll all do the Princess Diaries 2 Royal Engagement leg lifts. And I don't know that everyone went through with it. I don't I think, think anyone we, did it. I know I did it, and I'm pretty you sure one it. or two of the other guys did it. But okay. I don't think that every every single one of the groups went Yeah. It. I think, I don't remember if I was informed about this at no the time. No one was. We didn't even know we were going to be doing entrances. <laughs> yeah. So we're, the, me and the rest of our friend group, we're just sitting in the in the audience. We're staring, like, what what the fuck is Sophia doing? <laughs> like, what is she doing? <laughs> um, no, but that's my, like, my permanent association with this movie above all else is The Princess Diary 2 Royal Engagement Leg Lift. And it starts here in this scene. Yes. Yes. Um, and as they uh, break away from the kiss, Mia immediately starts to bicker again with Nick, like, how dare you? And eventually they fall into the fountain. Uh, quite dramatically. This yeah. scene is perfect cinema. I have no it's, notes on it whatsoever. No, no, no. <laughs> um, the only thing is, I don't know why the fuck she puts her hat back on that's soaking wet and Drama. then marches back out. <laughs> yes, you know, you hope it'll give you some shade, maybe. <laughs> it's literally around her face. <laughs> yeah, she makes her damp way back to the party, uh, rushing inside. Uh, Andrew follows her a moment later. And in that evening, the queen berates her a bit for carrying on with Nick when she's engaged to another man. She's like, you got to be all proper and whatnot. And then tells her to get some sleep because they're off to the Independence Day parade the very next day. Parade day, uh, the... Wait, wait, wait. So, by the way. Yeah. The independence. Independence from whom? I need to know. <laughs> I think it's better that we know as little as possible about Genovia. Like, I do feel like the more that they tell me about the ways that this country <laughs> is run, where it is, etc., the more okay. I'm going to be looking at that aspect of it and not, ooh, but look at Chris Pine's dreamy dreamy eyes. Okay, but like, in one of the very first shots, there's like a guy speaking in Italian. Yeah. And then there's a bunch of guys with French accents. And then there's a lot, a whole lot of people apparently, quote-unquote, from Genovia with American accents. And then, obviously, Julie Andrews is British, and so is her fiancé. It's just... What it's, what the fuck? <laughs> it, I think that they opted to go for... Rather than trying to force everyone into a certain consistency, just accept the inconsistency is kind of what creates the illusion of this being its own country. I just need a and wiki for this sure entire fake country. That it works, but I do no. think like I'm. This is based on a series of books, and I imagine in the books that maybe they go into more specifics about Genovia and what it is and what it's like. I sure hope so. But I don't blame them for in the course of two movies not getting too deep into the logistics of where is Genovia <laughs> and what is it like outside of the royal family because really they're the only ones who matter in the terms of our story. Should I read the books? That's only you can decide. <laughs> that is not a requirement of this podcast. I'm just so curious. I mean, we'll just read the wiki. If any of the listeners have read the books and want to email us and tell us where yeah. Genovia... Where, Let us know. Draw us a map and then do a little <laughs> X marks the spot for Genovia is here. And who are they declaring independence from? I need to know. Um, but parade day. Uh, the, like... Captain of the Guard is yelling out and announcing everyone's presence, and Lily asks why he's yelling, and she's like, imagine if everyone talked like that, and then yells to introduce herself, and immediately he's smitten with he's... her, and he's like, very nice. And Immediate like, infatuation. He yells like, prettiest girl here, getting into the stay. It's very adorable. It's very sweet. As They're... far as a, a, a C-plot love story goes, yeah. it's pretty, you can't ask for anything more. It's like, oh, I get this. I'm on board with this. Yes. Um. The uncle is handed a little flag to wave, and he does a little speech about uh, King Nick and how he'll only wave the flag when the true king is crowned or whatever, and everyone around him seems extremely done with this whole thing. Um, <laughs> He's like the only one. Yeah. He's the only one on board with this plan. It's really only him that is pushing anything forward. Yeah. Uh, the queen and princess enter the carriage for the parade, and the parade announcer walks us through their 80,000 folk fans and folk performances, all of which seem to be from different cultures. Uh... <laughs> As Mia and the queen go by, Mia sees a little girl being picked on and gets out of the carriage to help. Abigail Breslin. (laughs) I clocked it immediately. I was like, oh, that's Abigail Breslin. (laughs) The second Breslin in this movie. (laughs) Mia goes over to help her. She gets the young boys to stop pulling her braids and seeing all of the orphans, she invites the kids to walk with her and be a princess or prince for a day. And they're all going to take tiaras and walk in the parade with her. This charms literally everyone except for the uncle, but including <laughs> Nick. And uh, Breakaway, <laughs> Kelly Clarkson plays <laughs> as they walk the parade, and it goes over wonderfully. Honestly, the song of my childhood. Yeah. Kind of. Even the little girl uh, who was being picked on comes out of her shell and gets some waves, and it's very heartwarming. Uh, 
Mia then proposes to her cabinet that their summer castle will be turned into a children's shelter, and despite the cabinet wanting to use it themselves for vacation, she intends to see this project through. Um, this is pretty much the only time we'll touch on this until the post-credits. It seems that it's just going to be successful. Yeah. It's like, they're like, we gotta make her do, like, queen stuff. Yeah. They're like, she can't just be a figurehead. She's gonna do queen stuff. <laughs> it's like when the British royal family's like, well, we have a project. Yes. They're giving Mia a project. Very that, yes. Yeah. Uh, Mia and Lily run into Nick, and Lily demands that uh, Rosencrantz and Gildernstein, which are one of the many nicknames she has for the two maids, come with her and vacate the scene. And Nick tells Mia that he's genuinely impressed with her after the parade. Uh, and Mia, very giddy and still a little bit like, ooh, I'm kind of into him, is like, I'm having a slumber party, which is her bridal shower. <laughs> Mia's bridal it's shower. It's like how Disney Channel does a does a does a bachelorette party. Yeah, basically. basically. Uh, she's basically having a big old slumber party where all of the princesses from neighboring kingdoms and whatnot are coming over and letting loose. All of them are younger than Anne Hathaway, and <laughs> they're like children. But we do get a fantastic thing that I did try to recreate as a child, which is mattress surfing. Which yes. Is- very hard to do with couch cushions and a staircase, but here, where it's a giant slide and an actual mattress, you can get some really cool trick shots going. And I imagine this had to be, like, the most fun day on set. Oh, 100%. Like, every stunt coordinator's nightmare, Oh yeah. but every little kid child actor's dream, right? Except for Julie Andrews, who literally had a stunt double to surf that thing down. I think a lot of them might have had stunt doubles for some of the more... She's Maybe. the only one who stands up on a mattress, so I don't blame them for not wanting to put in yeah, she's older woman yeah. standing on a mattress. But I just thought it was funny how obvious it was. It was like, she hops on, immediate cut to the stunt double, one close of her face, mm-hmm. cut back to the stunt double to finish the stunt. Yeah. Very funny. But they're all surfing. There's a nice little moment where one little girl whispers into an announcer's ear and he declares to the whole room that she has to go potty and then is rushed off by a bunch of maids. Um... <laughs> And at the end of the night... Oh, this is the same girl who, when she arrives at the party, she's like, is this party for me? And her sister's like, no. And she's like, oh, okay. <laughs> and it's the probably one of the funnier moments of this entire movie. It's a movie. very, like, little kid kind of response to something. Um, at the end of the night, Julie Andrews sings, because it's Julie Andrews. You, you put her in the movie and you don't have her sing. You gotta make her sing. What are you doing? Yeah. Um... Midway through the number, the beat breaks down and Raven Simone steps in, and then she and Julie Andrews do a duet, which rocks. If you have Raven Simone in the movie, it, again, she's got to sing. It's this is both this is a moment I could see all of the producer pistons firing in everyone's brain. <laughs> like, oh, someone looked at the cast list. They're like, oh my god, we've cast Julie Andrews. We did never sing last movie. Let's have her sing this movie. Yes. And then someone else is like, well, we also cast Raven Simone to do songs for the last movie. Why don't we have her duet? And Julie Andrews just do it all at once. And then we don't have to spend any more days shooting this. And then it's like, oh hell yeah. And it's like an entire number. And it's it's a whole musical number. They do a little dance. It's all good. I love it. Um, everyone's it's stuck getting in my head in right it. now. Even the guard out in the hall is dancing along to this sick beat. Um, meanwhile, the uncle is soaking his feet in some hot water while his nephew goes on and on about how Mia is actually maybe a great princess. And the uncle is pissed that Nick has fallen in love and doesn't yeah. want to go through with a plan. Nick asks what they... That they stop trying to Chris sabotage. Chris is just way too redeemable in this movie. Yeah, it pretty much immediately you're like, oh, he's not going to be available. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Nick asks that they stop trying to sabotage Mia, and the uncle agrees, playing the I just want your happiness card, and tells Nick to go to her and tell her she wins. As soon as he leaves, the uncle calls someone who gives the maid some pause. Um... Mia continues her archery practice with Andrew watching when Nick approaches, and as he walks up, Mia and Lily sidebar doing their little best friend thing. Lily doesn't have a lot to do in this movie other than no, be present. It feels like there. they're like, well, we can't get rid of everyone from the first movie, yeah. so let's have Lily come back and be in some scenes. But um, it's like, was it was it her brother who she ended up with in the first movie? Or am I making that up? I don't know. I don't no. remember the first movie. Well Never enough. mind. <laughs> Um, honestly, yeah, honestly, yeah. the last time I saw the first movie was probably, like, 15 years ago. So. This is the Superior Princess Diaries movie. Yeah. <laughs> That's, honestly, it's probably why they recap the entire first movie within the first five minutes of this movie. They literally say one line. They're like, and I found out I was a princess. That's the first movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you don't need to see the first um, one. But I like this moment because they do let Lily be the best friend for a minute where she's like, oh, yeah. who do you want me to intercept, Andrew right. or Nick? Who can I shoot? Yeah. Or who can I shoo? Shoo. No tea. I thought she said shoot. No, no, no. Because she was with a bow and arrow. I thought she said shoot. Nope. <laughs> ah. um, That's what I would have said, though. Yeah. Mia considers for a moment and decides uh, she wants to talk to Nick, so she, Lily and Andrew head off to meet his parents. Nick does the classic, let me help you with archery move, and with his help, she hits the bullseye. Um, After a very 
sensual, uh, here, let me help you get your it's, get your position right. I don't know what it is about teaching archery that every <laughs> filmmaker has seen and been like, oh, this could be like two people standing really close together, right? Yes. That's like a thing. Yeah, definitely not dangerous at all with a bow and arrow in no. your hands. I briefly oversaw an archery station at a Boy Scout camp, and I will say that this was not my experience teaching archery, <laughs> even a little bit. <laughs> Uh, Nick tells Mia that he's leaving and they share a magical handshake complete with sound effect. It is a little glitter sound effect that it plays twice in this movie. No, more than twice. I caught it like four times. (laughs) Um, And he asks to see her once more before he goes. Just then the intern runs up and he's supposed to be watching Mia. That's all he was here to do. (laughs) This is when he has the frosted tips. (laughs) Yes! Just at this moment. It's so weird. Uh, we then go to two days before the wedding. The queen is reviewing the possible place settings and listening to fancy music as she does so. And while she sort of dances with herself, Joe jumps in to dance with her. It's very sweet. These two are, again, the best, most compelling romantic oh subplot in this movie. So cute. He asks if she's been thinking about them at all, and she says that she has. And hearing her tone of voice, he immediately gets the hint and excuses himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, despite her insistence that he must understand it's her duty after all, he's clearly heartbroken. It's devastating. Yeah... It's rough. Uh, Lily bursts in and tells Mia to look out her window because Nick is there throwing pebbles at it. And Mia, uh, after some cover from Lily, climbs down the vine to meet Nick. In the process, in classic Mia fashion, she crashes into the window of the kitchen where the queen is. But luckily, her two maids are also there and they distract the queen by completing their dance routine from the previous night. Again, these women are comedic geniuses. Yeah, so quick. They sing Frere Jaca and bang pans together, and it's it shouldn't beautiful. be as funny as it is, but the way that they carry it <laughs> off is truly incredible. They're um, honestly the best comedic part of this movie. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I love that she literally is like, this is a bad idea. I, I know myself. <laughs> Climbing down a vine three stories, not a good idea. No. Just anyway, you know. Mm-hmm. It's Chris Pine, after all. It's Chris Pine, <laughs> and she falls onto Nick in the nick of time. Um... <laughs> They ride on some horses in the mist, very dramatic, and then thumb wrestle and camp out a bit by a lake. They were uh, thumb wrestling for like they've thumb wrestled for five minutes. So long, it was them like you had nothing. You did not know what to tell these actors. They, to do, it's like so they didn't know what to do with their wrestle. hands. They were like, okay, you have to have this conversation about secrets and feelings. But you didn't want to just like flick through each other's fingers or yeah. anything. It wasn't like hand holding. It was a yeah. true thumb wrestle. Yes. It was like okay, we need something to do with our hands. <laughs> yeah. Um, they're it was very flirting weird. and chatting and having a good time. Eventually, uh, they share a second dance at last, slow dancing by the lake. It's all very sweet and sad. And they fall asleep by the lake and are waking up the next mo- morning. Notice that a man is in the boat across the pond. Uh-oh, it's a paparazzo. And he's been filming <laughs> them sleep peacefully this whole time. <laughs> Mia immediately assumes it was Nick's doing and rides off mad at him. Uh, and the queen goes to wake her up, but is instead greeted by Lily. <laughs> Mia arrives just then, and the PR lady puts on the news where the video is already PR playing lady. as the top news story. That's what she does. Yeah, I know. She does everything, doesn't she? She's sort of a fixer of sorts. Yeah. Um, the queen dismisses everyone else and asks Mia whether or not they'll still have a wedding. And we cut to Andrew rushing off. Mia tries to stop him and he kisses her, but there's no spark. And they mutually agree that they will go through with the wedding as it is their duty. And it's I love all polite that. And they're like, they're fully ready to get married tomorrow. This is the first time they kiss. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's an arranged marriage. I can see how maybe like... But still. They make a big point of throughout this movie being like, they're constantly in the public eye. Like, would I, True. a person who is not the princess of Genovia, get married without <laughs> kissing the person first? No, probably not. But do I understand how there is a world where in the logic of this movie, maybe they haven't kissed yet? Yeah, I could see that. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, but they, yeah, they're, Context. they're both very <laughs> dutiful and they're like, look, we understand that there's no like true love in this, but maybe we can get along fine. And yeah, it's like very amicable. It is. Uh, this is the thing I really like that they did with Andrew is that he never like, he's not a becomes cat. the villain. Yes. Yeah. He's never like, he's often an obstacle to Nick, but he's not an obstacle to Mia. Like he's there to, yeah. you know, he's, he's as invested in the arranged part of this arranged marriage as anyone. And like, as much as it might not be what he wants necessarily. Yeah, it's he's not, also doing his duty. Yeah. It, there's a certain understanding there that like, I think is at once both like tragic and not relatable, yeah. but like positive, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like he, he's, he's a good character at the end of the day and you want good things for him as well. Um, right. We want him to be happy too. Yeah. Which makes the whole situation even that much more. Yeah. Tragic and dramatic. Um, we then go immediately to wedding day. Mia's mother and her new baby brother, Trevor, which is a terrible <laughs> choice of name for this 
Because you have, like, this dramatic, like, what's her full name? It's, like, something, because it's not Mia, it's, like... It's, like, Amelia... Amelia... Rinaldi. Yeah. And then, um, then Trevor. I just can't imagine being the kid introduced second, you know? Yeah, that's rough. Uh, but Mia's mother is there and her new baby. They're also hiding in Mia's closet. Uh, as well as Paolo, the designer from the last Paolo. film. Paolo. We love Paolo. Uh, we get a little montage of him trying out different wedding hairstyles on her. Ah. I really like the first one where she says she looks like a moose. And then Paolo's like, yes, but a very but cute, a cute moose. moose. <laughs> Make all the boy moose go. <laughs> <laughs> he starts making moose sounds. And then they keep and cutting back to him making moose sounds. But they it's do. like a little fashion montage. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, it was only two hairstyles, but mm-hmm. still. They couldn't do, like, quite... They couldn't quite recreate the first no. movie's thing. Because pretty... that was, like, the whole point. They wanted to call back to the, you yes. know... Paolo has taken this and this <laughs> and given you a princess. <laughs> you know, like, they're trying to do that yes. again, but it's 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 still, like, a nice moment. It's, it's the tone yeah. of these movies is pretty light. It's I think cute. it still works. It's just him, um, him, like, making moose noises was just, just so, so funny. That felt very improvised. Like, that felt yes. like the the uh, production designer gave them hairstyles. Like, HMU oh, yes. was like, here are your hairstyles for this movie, and then he just sort of improved over them. It was good. Nick tries to send his uncle on ahead, despite his uncle's urging that he should come sweep her off her feet at the wedding, uh, but the uncle ends up leaving without Nick. Uh, Nick is then told by their housekeeper that his uncle was the, actually the one who set up the paparazzo and gives him his grandfather's bike to ride to the wedding. <laughs> it's, it's one of those big old, like, big giant front wheel bike, little a tiny back wheel. Yeah. Um, and, and he's, he's in, in, like, a full coat a and tail. Coat. And maybe my favorite shot of the movie is, it's not even a close-up. It's not even no, a close-up. It's, it's a very a total far wide. away wide shot of slowly as all hell. Oh my god. Chris Pine in his little tail coat. It's probably not Chris Pine. It's probably not, but someone in a waistcoat <laughs> who looks like Chris Pine yes. pedaling on his little bike and it's like wobbling all over the road. Oh my it's, god. It's incredible. And they That's hold on so it for funny. so much longer than they need to. Because <laughs> it's such a good image. It's incredible. It's so good. Um, Stan Lee is in this for some reason. Yes! Oh my god. I I, I don't know totally... how I felt about his cameo, honestly. Like, I don't have a problem with good. him cameoing in it. I just think that the cameo they did doesn't age great. No. Yeah. But I thought what her line was, he learned to sing all of his English from, what was it? Some, like, soap some opera, old, I think, some, or something? No, it was, like, some old show. He said, he, like, has some weird, creepy, funny line, and, uh, to Julie Andrews and the daughter, girl, wife, girl he's with, just makes some funny joke about, oh, he learned all of his English from, insert old yeah. American sitcom here. Um, but it was... Yeah, yeah, I just don't, I didn't know he cameoed in movies that weren't Marvel properties, which made me think, is The Princess Diaries a Marvel property? And I don't think that it was no, owned no, by Disney the publisher. Did not, no, Disney had not bought Marvel yet, so I don't know what that was about. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they're greeting guests at the wedding. One of them is, for some reason, standing. Uh, Nick switches from bike to horse after a bit of negotiation with the sheep farmer and begins riding off, now much more majestically, um, in the church. Oh, yeah, he's like yeah. a clear, very clearly a stunt double, just galloping on this horse. This movie, Chris Pine walked in this movie so that he could later run in into the woods. Oh like, yeah, it's the same role. Oh. It's the how same many princes role. has he played? <laughs> what other ones has he played besides in Into the Woods and Princess Diaries Two Royal Engagement? I don't know. <laughs> so two. The answer is two. <laughs> it's got to be more, right? Come on, it's got to be more. I don't know if they're coming to mind. <laughs> um. I feel like there's something. I'm gonna look this up later and be like, <laughs> "Hold on, that's what I was thinking." <laughs> Wasn't he in um? Oh no, that was James Marsden. <laughs> Let's not confuse America's sweethearts here. <laughs> I will go to bat. Anyone who's listened to the Sonic episode knows that I will go to bat for James Marsden. Okay, that man is a national treasure. I, yeah, he is. I love him. I think he plays Prince Types, but he has not necessarily played any other. Fair princes. enough. Yeah, like in um. Yeah, like in Wonder Woman, he's a prince type. I mean, he's he's got princely attitudes, but I wouldn't... Sure. That character's not a prince in any okay. sense of the word. All right. He was the voice of Jack Frost. We don't need to go down this road. <laughs> okay, so um, when I say Chris Pine's played a lot of princes, I mean that theoretically. Too. It's, but it's weird that it's happened twice. <laughs> um, in the church, Mia tells Joe that she's sorry he's retiring, and Joe tells her Nick wasn't actually the one who set her up at the lake. 
Uh, this revelation causes Mia as she walks down the aisle in a very nice sparkly dress. Because, again, the fashion in this movie is oh. excellent. Well, hit or miss. But mostly hits. For an early 2000s movie, I'd say, like, Mia is pretty consistently oh, great. Yeah, and yeah. then everyone else is a little bit... Like, except Julie for Andrews except always Julie looks Andrews. great. Yes. Mia always looks great. They're both wearing very, like, classic old money kind of royalty yes. looks. And then every once in a while, someone will be, like, performing at the garden party. Mia's... And they'll be wearing the most 2000s <laughs> dress ever created. Oh, Yes. But all of Mia's civvy clothes are like flare bootcut jeans, yeah. which is, cardigans. It's coming back around. Y2K, it's in. <laughs> Fashion girlies look to Ugh. the Princess Diaries to royal engagement. Um, Mia is walking down the aisle in her very sparkly dress, but she stops pretty early on, forcing the choir to improvise and try to lengthen it. <laughs> the choir, again, incredible comedic timing. I can't take way, anything away from just, them. Okay, not to not to shit on them. They're just playing canon in D. You could round that shit. Like, come on. It's not hard. <laughs> I guess if you didn't know you were going to have to is the thing. Fair enough. But it's, uh, it's just canon in D. Come on. Um, Mia declares that she needs a minute or two and hands her bouquet to a random guy who thanks her for it and then rushes out. And this is where the queen heads after her uh, and declares that she never rushes, only hastens. And the queen finds a panicking Mia uh, and tells Mia after a little heartfelt speech to make her own choice, follow her heart. Um, and Mia this time strides down the aisle to the continued distress of the choir who now have to speed it up quite dramatically. Again, like an incredible background gag. I'm so glad they carried through with the natural evolution of it. Um, she gives Andrew his ring back, offering him a chance to find true love when they part amicably because he thanks her. He's like, oh, thank you. Like I can go pursue my own And then he immediately goes to the side of the the date of He just goes and stands somewhere else. Because this scene, he just leaves, and then he just shows up yeah. later on in one shot, standing yeah. next to Nick's former date. Yeah. And it's just like, I guess they're together now. I guess they're together now. Whatever. Um, Mia turns to the pulpit, where she addresses the crowd. She welcomes them all, and says that a law is not good enough reason to get married, and then goes on to spit the truth about how a woman ruled alone <laughs> successfully for years, and calls on Parliament to reconsider this antiquated yeah. rule. Um, applause from the crowd at the church, until the uncle, the one dissenter, stands up and interrupts. Uh, he says that she shows contempt for the customs of Genovia, and before he can announce that he proposes the other heir, Nick, Nick himself appears and says that he declines the throne and refuses to be king and instead endorses Mia. The uncle rages, but I is love that he's like halfway defeated. through the movie, he's fully turned into a simp. Yeah. Like, fully. <laughs> he's having a good time, you know, he's like, oh, I'm into this. He's seen her be a good queen. He's yeah. like, oh, I don't know why oh, I'm doing like this. Oh, he's like all in. Yeah. I think it helped. This is where, like, the setting up early on of, like, Nick has never really been the one who wanted to be king throughout all of this. It yeah. definitely was like the uncle was scheming. Yeah. Um, I think that that does do a lot here to why he can just heel turn, be a good guy for the, like the latter. Yeah. Half. Like we know the audience from the latter half of the movie that he, he just, was the good guy all along. He was just kind of like blind to how like manipulative, manipulative yeah. his uncle was up until like basically this moment. And so they kind of like have it out a little later. Mm hmm. Uh, yeah, the uncle tries to talk to him a little bit, but Nick is like, nope, we're defeated, this is over, Yeah, get out of (laughs) (laughs) Um, Mia is told to make a motion as she stands at the pulpit, the Prime Minister kind of saddles up and, like, whispers to her to do things, and does so from the pulpit, moving to abolish the marriage law and ask for anyone to second her motion. A brief silence, but after a moment, one member stands up and seconds it. And after one by one, the members of parliament stand and vote yay to abolish the marriage law. The princess, now having her law passed, gets on the earpiece with the queen and tells her to go for her fairy tale. Um, the queen yeah. immediately turns to Joe. So there is Joe. a wedding. Yeah. The queen turns to Jonah to marry her and he accepts, immediately quits, handing his headpiece to a guy referred to <laughs> as Glasses. quits his job on site. Liz, like, fuck y'all. Like, I'm getting I'm married and retiring. <laughs> Uh, and they walk down the aisle. The uncle is arrested as his maid laughs and watches. Again, incredible comedic performances from female actresses so in this movie. Uh, they have a different wedding uh, to everyone's con- continued confusion. Mia successfully... I love that Julianne is like, well, you all got dressed up. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well. We're already yeah. here. Mia successfully shoots her flaming arrow at the coronation thing. And then two years later, before the actual coronation ceremony, that part confused me, but I'm choosing not to Wait, it was it two much. years later? Two weeks later. Sorry, oh. I misspoke. Two weeks later. He's <laughs> like, what? Two weeks later, before the official coronation, Mia is getting ready, talking to her cat, when Nick appears and requests an audience. Nick tells her she is his dilemma, and then kneels and declares his love to the queen-to-be, and of course she loves him too, so they kiss once more, and once more, leg lift. Love it. By the way, this is uh, maybe 
a month after they've met for the first time. They're not getting married here, though. They're I just know, like, but love is quick. Just saying. They've gone through a lot. <laughs> <laughs> to each their own. Sometimes you just know, you know? Fair enough. Uh, coronation day, Lily gives the crier her number, which is very funny. <laughs> She had it ready. Uh, she she had ready. it ready in her bra. I like, love their to to implicated him. continued dates afterwards. Love it. Uh, Andrew was also there. This is where we get the shot of him and Lady Alyssa from the party. The, yep. It's literally just one like brief two the shot two of the two single people. Them. They don't even look at each other. They're just looking straight ahead and yeah. then away. Um, the queen and princess descend the stairs. Mia sits on the throne and the crown moves from her to her grandmother. And now she is queen. And we get the first cut to credits, which lasts for about two seconds before yeah. we go to three little brief scenes. Uh, the PR lady becomes a member of parliament along with other women, so they have diversified Genovia. Um, the orphanage that Mia was talking about in the castle opens up, Mia cuts the rope, and the dog mattress surfs, and that's then we go that's to credits it. once more. And the, the way that the credits feel so incredibly jarring <laughs> the first time. Yeah. It's an immediate cut to credits. Yeah, like, it's... it's- it's weird. It's rough. Um, yeah. But that is The Princess Diaries 2 Royal Engagement. Fun fact. I did not find this out until uh, three hours ago. But did you know Shonda Rhimes wrote mm. the script of this? Yeah, she cameos in the movie. It's like one of her first writing gigs. Yeah. She does cameo? We, you, you called that out in the movie. I did? Yeah. We were watching it and a couple hours ago and you said, is that Shonda Rhimes? And then she <laughs> no, looked no, no, up, no, no, is no. that was Shonda Rhimes or not? No, no, no. I didn't, she didn't cameo. I just saw her name. I saw her name in the beginning opening credits. I just saw Shonda Rhimes, and yeah. I was like, "Wait a second. All right. She didn't cameo. I don't think Never she mind. She doesn't cameo. In the movie. Yeah, but yeah. she wrote. But she wrote it. Going on to do Bridgerton after this, right? No, that's no, way that's... later. She... Grey's Anatomy. I guess I'm saying in the grand scheme of princess media. Oh yes. Regency romances, yes. if you were. She didn't yes. go on to do Bridgerton. No. <laughs> princess Diaries two royal engagement walks <laughs> so that Bridgerton can write is what I'm saying. Yes, I complete agreement. Agre- <laughs> yes. And honestly, it's, she didn't write the first one. It's probably why this one's so much better. They should have a... Because it's all in the Shonda Rhimes universe. Like, they should have Anne Hathaway and Chris Pine show up in... Yeah. Just, like, as visiting Genovia yes. dignitaries. I know that I these just two want series are unrelated, exist. but, like... And also both based on their own... They shouldn't have any Thriving lines. book series. Yeah. No lines. I want them to just be in the background of a room where, like, a just Taylor a Swift Regency cover is playing. Yes. No, um, Kelly Clarkson. Oh my god, it has Kelly to Clarkson. be Breakaway. It has yes! to be Breakaway. Yes! Okay, uh, Shonda, if you're listening. <laughs> make this happen. Make this happen. Um, but yeah, I like, you know, my final thoughts on this movie. Do you recommend our listeners watch it? I assume yes. But like, what situation should they watch it in? Is this hey, a listen, movie Listen, if I'm on here, friends? if I'm on here, if I'm on here, we're doing a movie and I can't recommend you watch I'm it, sure why would I be doing we're it? We're doing a movie. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Why would I why would I choose a movie and not recommend you watch it? I recommend you watch it enthusiastically. It's it's quite good. Yeah, but um no, this is fantastic. I think this is a great we don't get a lot of candidates for great movie nights with friends on this podcast, weirdly enough, but I think this is one that you could just drop on for anyone with no context and they would probably yes. enjoy it. Like this is a good like sit with your girlies, watch yes. a movie. Yes. Uh if you are feeling so inclined, make a slideshow for your dating profile like they do in this movie. <laughs> I have done that in the past. It is an incredible I way. have seen guys on Tinder do that on their Tinder profiles. Yeah, I think that the uh, the optimum that like just like HDMI to your phone or like Aircast yes. or whatever and flip through. It truly is a whole new experience. <laughs> um, but yeah, and don't forget to do those leg lifts. But yeah, this is a great movie. Uh, I really enjoyed it. It's, you know, it's for a certain age demographic. It's not going to be like, if yeah. you're looking for like that true, fiery, passionate romance, you're not going to no. find it here. But I it's mean, a cute love they've got story. Good chemistry. Yeah, there's good chemistry between the whole cast. I mean, it's Chris the, like, Pine. Yeah, it's Chris Pine, it's Anne Hathaway, it's Julie Andrews. Like, there's arguably the best Chris. I would say he's up there, if not he's at up the there. top. Yeah. Yeah. He's in the top two, if not number one. Mm. Who's yeah. your Who's your other? I don't know, is the thing. Because I used to... I used to like Hemsworth a lot, but I feel like mm. he hasn't done anything recently that I'm like, nah. So I feel like Pine might be edging him out a little bit. But, uh... Evans is up there for Evans me. Evans is up there. I feel like Evans is... I have too many people who have too close encounters with that. 
<laughs> Wait, what? A friend of mine in college, uh, we went to college in Boston. Oh, and, yes, because um, he's a Boston guy. He's a Boston guy. And a friend of mine worked at a dog groomer's where he dropped off his family dog one time. And he's like, oh, I specifically held the leash in a way so that he had to touch my hand when he <laughs> picked up the dog. <laughs> Uh, and then a girl I was casting in an audition once was like, yeah, I was so close to Chris, uh, not Chris Pine, Chris Evans in a movie that I could smell him. And and I feel like those two things alone, like if I ever met him in real life, there would never be an instance where I could be like normal about it. Whereas with Chris Pine, I'm like, you are both a talented actor and I feel like I could be normal around you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just want to be friends with him. Yeah. I just want to be friends with him. He just seems cool. I think I'm okay with him being an actor, but uh, we have the common interest of Dungeons & Dragons, so we'll take that word This is away. true. Uh, but yeah, but Tess, thank you so much for joining me this episode. It's thank been a blast you for as having always. me. Uh, if they ever also, get around... thank you for hosting me in your apartment. <laughs> no problem. If they ever get around to making a Princess Diaries 3, I assume we'll be back, but uh, until... Oh, you know they will. They've been working on it for... It's one of those Wait, things what? that feels like it's been in production for a minute. I don't think they've actually entered the filming stage, but like Anne Wait, Hathaway signed back. Wait, it's been announced? Back. I think it was announced. I think Anne Hathaway signed back on. <gasps> oh, oh. But I don't know if any dates or anything have been I bet it'll talks, be, like, so. their their daughter. It's gotta be, like, a next-gen thing, Yeah, right? it's gotta be a next-gen thing, for sure. She's not the princess anymore. Where are they gonna cast? There's gotta be a new princess. Who's, like, hot right now is the thing. Ooh. It's know. not Zendaya, I mean. No, but she's mm. too old to be she's her daughter. She's too old to be the daughter, yeah. Hmm. Maybe, yeah. like, um, what's-her-face from Wednesday? Oh, Jenny Ortega? Yeah, yeah. Could be I her. I could see that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. If she's not, yeah. But anyway, uh, thanks so much for joining us. I'm off to go run through some hedge mages uh, with my debonair dude, but uh, we'll be back with another episode next time. Thanks for listening. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of Movie Struck. We'll be back on July 17th with another thrilling installment, but if you have any questions, comments, or concerns before then, feel free to email us at moviestruckpod at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the show, please rate us and leave a review on your preferred podcast platform, and if you really enjoyed the show, consider becoming a patron. Links to all that and more can be found in the show notes below, and I'd like to give a special thank you to all the patrons who joined us in June, so thank you to Canis, Jim8333, Taylor Wagner, and Connor Crozier. Uh, From me and the screaming Ziggy, you good? Yeah. From the both of us, thank you very much for supporting the show, uh, and I hope to catch you all next episode.